Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Guess who's back? Back again. John Steele's back. From vacation. Yeah, you know, we've had a shortage of ridiculous intros since we wrapped up the post-college GOAT series, so I thought, eh, why not sing you a little ditty today? Anyway, I'm John Steele, and I'm back, and so is After Four, your favorite alumni podcast for a brand new episode. Hey, it's the first Tuesday of the month, so you know what that means. It's time for another Urbana preview episode. Another, another. This week, I got to sit down with our Urbana 22 director, Ruth Hubbard. We're going to hear from Ruth about some of her own Urbana origins. She's going to give us a few inside scoops on some new elements at Urbana 22. And she's going to share why you, alumni, should be sure to join us in Indianapolis this December. Let's get to it. Here's my conversation with your Urbana 22 director, Ruth Hubbard. This one's for you, alumni. Hello, Ruth. How are you doing today? Hey, John. I'm doing great. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast today. I'm really glad that we get to chat about Urbana for a while together. My pleasure. Friends who know me know I love to talk about Urbana. It's one of my favorite things. Well, I'm glad that you're the one that's here today then. As we jump in, before we even talk too much about Urbana, what do we need to know about you, Ruth? Help us get to know you a little bit today. I'm the only child of a Baptist preacher and his wife grew up with a great love for the church. And I've grown up connected to the church and the work of the church, both in a local church context, as well as in parachurch ministries. I taught for a little over a decade in a Christian school. I was on a church staff for a few years, served with Wycliffe Bible Translators for more than a decade, and now with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. So professional Christian, in a sense. I'm single, no children, never married. And so God has used that reality in my life to give me the flexibility to do some things that I've just found absolutely delightful. As an alumni podcast, we're always interested to know people's origin stories. Tell me just a little bit, where did you go to school? What did you study? When did you graduate? And then whether it was as a student or later in life, what's your origin with InterVarsity? So I'm a graduate of Bethel College. Now it's Bethel University in Minnesota. And my major there was graphic arts and journalism. And then over the next years, I did a bit of schooling at a variety of schools in the Indiana area. While I was teaching school, as you do, you have to have credits. They go, okay, you can still take a class, so you must be functional as a teacher. (laughs) Good on you. And so, you know, I had Butler and Ball State and Indiana University. I could wear all the t-shirts. It was great. And did a little work with Trinity Evangelical Divinity School as well. So there's a period of time where I was just hopping around learning things. And then Master of Arts in Global Leadership with Fuller Seminary. So that's my academic wanderings. 
was never a part of an InterVarsity group on campus. So I'm not an InterVarsity alum, though I now work with InterVarsity, but I did connect with InterVarsity both through friends and then through the Urbana conference. Tell me a little bit about your early Urbana experience, Ruth. I have a long and wandery Urbana engagement. The summer of 1987, I taught with the English Language Institute of China in the People's Republic, and they invited me a few months later to attend Urbana and to work their booth in the exhibit hall. I was a few years out of college, but close enough, adjacent to participants in terms of age and stage in life. And I thought God was going to use that Urbana to move me into full-time missions overseas. Was a little frustrated with him that he didn't do that, but realized later that he did a lot of formation in me that impacted the way I taught high school students for the next decade. And then when I was on staff at a church and church staff work, you just don't have a lot of easy free time. One of the times that I could get away because there wasn't a lot of responsibility was the space between Christmas and New Year's. Church office didn't quite shut down, but we used to joke like, I'll see you at 1030. Let's go out to lunch and then we'll leave at two. <laughs> there was something about that week that was just there was no programming scheduled. So I went to Urbana at 39 years old and went there to say, God, what do you have for me next? And God used that Urbana to move me to Wycliffe Bible Translators. And then at Wycliffe, I was able to come to three different Urbanas, led the team there as we came and partnered with Urbana, loved being a part of Urbana in all those different ways. So as somebody who a lot of your early Urbana experiences were really in the midst of the growing part of your professional career, what are some of the things that stand out to you as at that point in my life, these are some of the ways that God was transforming me as a result of Urbana? So my own experience is a lot of the reason that when I talk to people who try to say, oh, I'm not a student, so Urbana is not for me, I just look and I go, that's crazy talk. Urbana has been a place for me where my heart and mind are realigned with a global God. Whatever our good intentions might be, our tendency is to, over time, pull back into ourselves to protect ourselves, to think, okay, I'm too tired. I don't have time. My life is getting hectic, whatever it might be, or to just get so laser focused on the thing that we're doing right now, we lose sight of all the rest of it. And I, I believe that all followers of Jesus are called to be witnesses who live out their life as whole life, whole world disciples all aspects of life, and then with a view of the whole world as much as we have it. We all go through phases of ethnocentric, where it's me and my people are the center of the universe. But as we see God at work and we see his image reflected in all people, that view changes so that we see the edges. And I think that one of the things that Urbana does is it pushes our view out to the edges. It increases those margins that we think are the end of our world. It's like, nope, that's not the edge. There's, there's more. Urbana also gives us the opportunity to practice something that I think is critical for us as whole world disciples of Jesus, and that is to put ourselves into a place where we submit our minds, our hearts, our imaginations to men and women who don't look like us, who don't speak the language we speak, who come from a different culture, who come from a different place, where we sit and listen to someone and look to see where is God in this? 
How has this person's experience and the culture that they come from given them a view of God that I could never have because of the world I lived in? And how can that form me in a way so that together we become this beautiful mosaic that is the multi-ethnic, multilingual, multicultural worshiping throng that together reflects the image of God in a way that any of us individually can't do? Ruth, let's talk about Urbana 22. Tell us about your role and just a little bit about how people will experience some of your leadership while we're there. So within InterVarsity, I serve as a vice president, and that leadership is over Urbana as a whole. For this particular Urbana, I also moved the responsibility of program design into my own portfolio of work. When I look at the very best thing that I bring to Urbana for the season that I'm given to steward it, I think this is the place that I want to be. So I carry both of those responsibilities. And when I talk about Urbana, I almost always talk from the program perspective. That's the Urbana that people experience. We all know, super important that operational things work. Our registration system works. It is beautiful. But I don't spend a lot of time on podcasts and in my PowerPoint presentations talking about that. Right. <laughs> so I think most people, if they've been to Urbana's in the past, it will feel very familiar. And yet those who've been many times and know patterns of Urbana are going to notice things are different. Both of those things are going to happen simultaneously. Let me describe a little bit of it. We're starting on the evening of the 28th of December. Those who have been before will know that's one day later than usual. We've shrunk Urbana by a day intentionally to make it more accessible and said this feels more like a long weekend than a whole week, even though it's just a day different. So we shrunk the day down. We'll gather and each evening for this Urbana, we will spend time in worship and leaning into the word and listening to the witness of others. Our Bible expositor, Bishop Claude Alexander, is going to preach in the evenings. We'll have extended worship times. These are the places where we're going to invite people to activate their witness through generosity through saying yes to following Jesus for the first time, through a commitment to a number of specific ways in which they can activate on the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in them. So evening sessions are going to be very much saturated in scripture and in the word, in worship, and in witness. Then we're starting the day in a plenary session. So for a number of years, we've started the day in Bible study, and we've switched that. We're going to start with the plenary. A few reasons for that. One of them is I think I can get university students out of bed for corporate worship at Urbana better than I can for Bible study. Let, let's just be straight up honest. I wanted to increase the likelihood that students would go to all the Bible studies and not just one of them. So we'll start the day in a plenary session in the morning with an exercise in spiritual formation that will help continue to form all of us as faithful witnesses of Jesus. And then we're going to hit hard through a variety of stories and testimonies and videos that are all giving us glimpses of the way that God is working in the world today. The beginning chapters of Acts is our biblical foundation for the whole conference and our morning session of the Acts of God in the 21st century. What is God doing in the world today? How is God and his people responding to the immigration crises that are everywhere? How are we responding to war? How are we responding to poverty? How are we responding to the stresses of ministry and the marketplace? How are we living out 
a faithful witness that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that is surrendered to God's will and God's way, that has been resurrected from the dead to a new life. What does a new life look like? And then we'll move to Bible study. We are recruiting what we hope will be 800 to 1,000 students to lead small group Bible study at this Urbana. Students will be in a group with eight or nine students, really wanted students to have human interaction around scripture, that everything wasn't from a distance. Everything wasn't in a room where there was one person talking on a platform who was a professional. And I says, we've got to do that. We're going to put students in charge of Bible study. If we're going to preach the Holy Spirit's empowerment, we've got to let room. Let's make room. Some very recent alumni will be a part of that student Bible study, and they'll have opportunity to do that. So grads within the last couple of years, I think are going to probably be a part of these small groups. We've invited them to even be part of leading the small groups if they want. Older alumni may choose, I want to go to the alumni Bible study, and we're going to go old school manuscript. <laughs> right? yeah. You did large group manuscript at your Urbana when you were there. Like, I want to go back and relive that. Great. We've made a way for that. Our non-student participants who are there, we've created space and are inviting them to come together for that Bible study period of time and be intercessors on behalf of the students who are leading Bible study so that they will be empowered by the Spirit. So as I'm listening to you share, Ruth, it sounds to me like there's some ways that your own role has shifted. It sounds like there are some strategic changes that are being made for programming in our format. And it sounds like there are also just some changes that are being made to do the very best that we can to leave space for the Holy Spirit, to do the work of the Holy Spirit. And for us to empower people to play a role in the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in that space and to not just have it be upfront directive and letting somebody else lead the way, but that participants in that space are going to get to lead the way. That sounds very exciting. And I wonder, are there any other elements that are going to be happening at Urbana 22 that you are just particularly excited about? I'm delighted that we've continued to offer some really good coaching on site. I'm delighted that our seminar faculty is coming together and it's a strong set of seminars. The exhibit hall, we've moved into partnerships. So there are 14 organizations who have said, we're going to invest financially in this and then we're going to come along with you and be a part of designing program and thinking through things. And I love that that work has happened and those relationships are there. Urbana has also always offered some kind of prayer experience. We've got a strong prayer ministry set up. If you recognize there are things in my life that God needs to deal with in me, I'm going to go receive prayer ministry. At Pastor Banna's, there are students who've gotten in line to receive prayer ministry, and they've stood in line for as many as two hours to get into a session of prayer ministry that might last 20 minutes. We said, how can we make that so that it doesn't take up their whole afternoon? And so we put in a reservation system so the students will be able to reserve a time slot and then show up for that time slot. Will people still be able to walk on? Yes. But even then we'll say, let's make a reservation for you. And then you don't have to stand here in line for a long, long time. Let's do that. The other thing is our intercessors said, what if we trained students in intercessory prayer? And so during each of the seminar slots, intercessors who are part of the intercessory team at the whole conference, they'll provide some training in the moment. And then those students will be divided up and assigned to an intercessor. And they'll prayer walk the conference together and intercede in real time. We want students or grad students, for those of us who are not students, to be in a better place to live on mission on January 2nd than we were on the 28th. 
Ruth, as you've been just living in the world of Urbana Prep and as you've been making visits to Indianapolis and having conversations with people that are related in all sorts of different ways to what's going to happen at Urbana, I wonder, do you have any stories that you can share of just ways that you've seen God at work in preparation for Urbana 22? One of the things that our team began asking God by his grace, would he give us the privilege of revealing places and ways in which he was preparing the way for this Urbana? And that prayer became maybe a little louder when COVID forced us to shift from 21 to 22. And then that meant we couldn't be in St. Louis because they would be double booked. And even as we were doing the work that you do to identify what's the best city to host this event, who offers the things that we need to make this work well, God, would you show us that you're in this place and that you've actually begun working here in front of us? And so I remember distinctly, it was freezing cold outside, standing outside of a hotel, talking to the person who is the salesperson for the city of Indianapolis for these kinds of things. His job is to show us what's possible, to take us out and host us at a really good meal, connect us with all the right people so we can get our questions answered, and had sensed from him that he was a man of faith. And in a conversation with him, as we were getting ready to depart, him revealing to us that he'd been feeling a stirring within himself, that he wanted to be involved in something that would have kingdom impact and not just the good work that he did. Found out that we had mutual acquaintances at his church from years that I'd lived there, but he'd kind of walked away from those, got really busy, carrying more responsibility and was trying to, you know, God, how can my work be more meaningful as an expression of my witness? And that if Urbana were to come to Indianapolis, he feels like his work would take on that sense. Now, that was a glimpse of a thing. And we're all smart enough to know that salespeople know how to push buttons, right? So you kind of go, <laughs> right. ah, I don't think it was that, but, you know, it could have been. What we've experienced in the months since is that this is a very real commitment. And in fact, he has a number of people on his team who are also people of faith who have taken on Urbana, not just as the good work that they do because they're professionals, but they've invited pastors from their churches to look at things. They've gone above and beyond in ways that only are explained by the fact that they've said, this is kingdom work and we're going to be a part of that. Absolutely delightful. Another piece for us I knew that I wanted us to do a protocol at the beginning of the Urbana Conference to honor those indigenous peoples who were here before people started moving here from other places. But I knew when we were moving to a new city that we had an opportunity, as our Native American friends have taught me to describe it, to come in a good way. And so I began to ask Native university leaders, do we have any connections in Indiana? Do we know who are the active tribal communities? Who should we reach out to? And discovered that Terry Wildman, who is an university volunteer with Native University, Terry Wildman and his wife had been prompted by the Holy Spirit a decade ago to move to northern Indiana and to become involved with a community, the Miami of Indiana, and developed a relationship of trust with them and helped them develop a relationship with the local body of the church in Fort Wayne area. So Terry said the Miami would be a very appropriate tribe to reach out to. 
in the history of the different communities that have lived in the area, that they were often seen as the host tribe. So we said, do you know someone there? And he goes, oh, yes, I'm friends with the person who would we'd call them the chief. They're the council director. And so he reached out and we began the process of conversation and relationship and eventually had the privilege to extend the request. We'd like to bring Urbana to your land and to ask essentially for their blessing to do that. And they met and they extended that blessing and we extended gifts and all of that work so that despite our imperfect timing on when we asked for things and when things were happening, we received the blessing of the Miami before we signed any contracts with the city of Indianapolis. Wow. And I don't believe that the whole thing was going to be awful and terrible if that didn't happen. But I do believe that our attempt to come in a good way has been honored. And Brian Buchanan will be with us at Urbana for the protocol. And it gives us an opportunity to talk about what it is to come in a good way, specifically Urbana coming to this place, but that this is the way of Jesus when we enter into a space that is anyone else's home, coming into a place and saying, may I enter your home? May I come into your space and listening and looking for the image of God in those who may not know who God is yet. But it is that posture of coming in a good way with a sense of humility and using that as a moment of teaching to help us think about what is it to come postured in a way that trusts God and trusts the Holy Spirit to work. It's really exciting to hear these stories because it feels to me like what you've shared are things that are representative of what we'll be studying at Urbana and of just like what Urbana is about. You make this trip to Indianapolis and you meet this person of peace that maybe you weren't anticipating meeting who sort of opens up this whole other world of what it looks like to connect with Indianapolis as a city and the surrounding people, which just feels like story after story that comes from the book of Acts, going to a Space, meeting a person of peace and that they are part of opening the door to making this a successful trip, that the spirit has gone before. And then meeting with the Miami, coming in a good way and setting this example of as a conference, we want to set an example of what it looks like to engage with the people of this world that our global God loves so deeply and what it looks like for us to interact well with them and to bring with us the goodness of God as we interact as visitors in this space for a time. It's just exciting to me to hear that God is moving in ways that are sort of depicting what I think he's going to be teaching us while we are there. And that's really cool to see that happening before we even had it confirmed that we would be there. I have one last question for you. Returning to the idea of our alumni, as we've shared all of these things at Urbana 22, the stuff that's going to go on there, reasons to be just really excited for December to get here and for our time together in Indianapolis to get here. Would you share why you think alumni should join us at Urbana 22 in December. Why is it worth the investment at this stage in their life to be there? I'm enough of a fanatic about the work of God through Urbana over a long period of time that I'd say, I, I, I think that there's no time that's a bad time to be a part of Urbana. So I'm biased that way. <laughs> Coming out of the past few years, we have been so discombobulated by a global pandemic and by all the things that have come after that, by the complete hot mess in the world of politics, both in our own nation, but stuff around the world that's just not, it's like everything's going crazy. There are days where I just look at the news and I go, who is in charge of this hot mess, right? 
we carry some junk with us. We're living in an era where many of us carry kinds of anxiety with us that keep getting triggered. I don't think we're going to know the fallout from all that we've experienced in the last few years for quite a long time. I want to gather together with the people of God. I want to worship with the community of God. I want to be gathered with people who are looking beyond. I want to see God's beauty and glory in his whole church. I know Urbana is a place where that happens. I think there's healing that will come in that Urbana space. We're inviting and asking. We've been praying, God, would you allow every person who comes, not just the 20-year-old student who's trying to figure out what their major is and what to do with their life. I want every person who comes to Urbana to experience a moment of surrender to whatever it is that God is saying, give that thing to me. Let go of that and let me take it. And I think for many of us, that thing we need to surrender is the burden that we're carrying. It's the weight that we're trying to think. This is all my responsibility. And God's going, no, it's not. I got it. I've got you. But whatever it is, all of us to experience surrender and then all of us to be moved to activate on the new life that we're invited into. One of the themes we've seen in Acts that's repeated over and over again is a theme of rebirth and resurrection, of coming to life. And I believe that that's part of the invitation that we will experience together is to come to life. I've been praying a prayer for the participants, and that includes alumni. And so if alumni find themselves saying, oh, that's me in there, then they should be here. That a generation perplexed about their identity and purpose, a generation longing for beauty and clarity and belonging will hear Jesus say, you, the multi-ethnic, multicultural collective of all y'all, you together are my witnesses everywhere, all the way out to the furthest corners. That a generation that has seen the ugly underbelly of power, who have been deeply wounded by various facsimiles of the church, will see Jesus' design of his church as a community marked by courageous humility, an upside-down kingdom. That a generation that has experienced the trauma of a global pandemic and lived their whole lives under threat of senseless violence, that young adults and not-so-young adults who've been weighted down by fear and anxiety and depression will hear the invitation to rise up. Amen. Alumni, as you're listening, if any of that resonates with you, come join us at Urbana. Urbana's for you, alumni. This has been a fantastic time for me, Ruth. I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed getting to hang out and spend some time together to hear more about Urbana from your perspective, from somebody who is deep within it and is doing so much to help prepare. Thank you for giving us time and space today to share about these things. I'm really grateful that you've been here with us. Thanks, Ruth. It has been a pleasure. Part of why I love to talk about Urbana is because you can't talk about Urbana without talking about our God, who is great and good. Alumni, alumni, alumni. Urbana is going to be such an amazing time for us. If you were feeling concerned that Urbana was only for students, then in the words of Ruth Hubbard herself, be confident that that's crazy talk. I hope you're starting to see the ways that Urbana is just as much for you. It's a place to heal, to worship with the wonderfully diverse community of God, and to hear from God as you discern next steps for your own participation in his global mission. And in the midst of all that, we're going to have an amazing alumni lounge, a place where you can process the conference, where you can reconnect with other alumni, and just relax in a space that's curated specifically for you. Urbana is for you, alumni. I hope you'll join us there. 
Uh, Remember, there's still a discount for alumni who register before November 30th using the code U22ALUMNI. You can find that code in the show notes along with the registration link. Also, we still want to hear stories from your past Urbana experiences. You can find some specific prompts in the show notes for that, so take a look and send us your 60 to 90 second stories in a DM, in an email, or over SpeakPipe. Ruth, thank you again for joining us this week. I know your life only gets crazier as we get closer to Urbana, so the investment of your time is not lost on me. Thanks so much for being here and for blessing our alumni community. Okay, it's time to roll on out of here, but come back next week for a really exciting episode. We're going to chat with Tatiana, an alumna business owner from Colombia. She's going to tell us all about the origins of her business, Zuahaza, and how her unique partnerships with local Colombian makers is supporting rural communities, preserving culture, and revealing the image of God through the creation of textiles and home goods. I know I say this every time, but you really do not want to miss this conversation. So be sure to subscribe, set those episodes to download automatically, and follow on socials. And be a good friend and share with others too. Hey, that's it for this week. I will see you in the after, alumni.